The Baltimore Ravens have plenty of offseason questions to answer, and we talk about if guys will be able to come back, if the Ravens will add, and everything relating to the Ravens and their offseason coming up next year on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host here, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, coming to you from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thanks so much for being here and making Locked On Ravens your first listen. Each and every day, we're free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes a video form on YouTube and audio form wherever you get your shows. So be sure to subscribe, follow along. It helps out a ton. I really appreciate all the support, both audio and video. We're back. It is Purple Friday here on Locked On Ravens. This is our normal 6 a.m. episode, and we have Rocco DeSangro of Fox 45, the Ryan Ripken Show, back with us today. We're going to be also doing a bonus episode that will come out around 12 p.m., 1 p.m., maybe 2 p.m. We'll have that coming out a bit later. But, Rocco, this team right now, we know the disappointment that happened in the AFC Championship game, but we're just a couple weeks out now from free agency and the start of that. The Ravens have a bunch of questions to answer and I'm interested to see how everything plays out for him. No, I am too, Kevin. It's been, I mean, it's going to be a long off season for the Ravens with that loss. Uh, it, it's still sitting in the minds of fans, of players, of coaches, I'm sure as well. And uh, we're talking about it right here. So it'll be really interesting to see what the Ravens end up doing in the off season with the draft, free agent signings, all that good stuff uh, that's coming up in the coming weeks. And I think if you want to start with, questions there have been a few that have been pretty prevalent this week in terms of storylines one of them being the franchise tag that window opened up on tuesday i believe it expires march 5th that's the last day you can do that or early march now the ravens have a couple of candidates they could use that tag on i think the one that everybody's talking about though is justin Matabike with his 13 sacks and look he, he picked one heck of a time to do it a contract year that's what a lot of ravens players honestly broke out in their contract years whether it was on their rookie contracts, or maybe even some veterans who signed a one-year deal and they got the job done. Matt Gay is going to be one of the most coveted free agents out there if he hits the open market. Now, there's obviously no guarantee the Ravens actually let him get there with the franchise tag. His franchise tag number would be right around $20.9 million, and that means that they would have until July, much like we, we went through this whole saga with Lamar Jackson last year. So, you know, I think we're familiar a bit here in Baltimore with that franchise tag. I just don't think, Rocco, they can let him walk out of the building. I know that franchise tag is it's not the popular thing for players because it's not long-term security and not a lot of guys like to play on it. But just to have the option to extend Matabike and not let him hit the open market or maybe another team lures him away, I think if you're Baltimore, if you can't get an extension done, the franchise tag is what has to happen. No, absolutely, man. And I, you know, social media is wild. So you see the uh, the fits for certain free agents coming up and whatnot. And I saw one, I think ESPN put it out and it was gross because it had Justin Matabike as a Bengal. Like that would absolutely, losing him would be one thing. It would be terrible. And the Ravens flock would just absolutely hate it. But to see him go to a division rival would just be sickening. I mean, that would leave such a bad taste in your mouth. Justin Matabika, I think he's going to be here for the foreseeable future. And I think, you know, if the Ravens can't get a deal with him done, a long-term extension, you're, you're going to see that franchise tag, you, tag used on him because 
he played himself into big money this season. There were questions about, okay, what is Justin Matabike going to be this year? He showed flashes, but he was really sitting behind Calais Campbell, and that's a tough guy to be sitting behind because he's big on the field, his presence vocally, and then his play kind of speaks for itself. It really does. I mean, to be able to do what he did, Calais Campbell, he, he earned himself the title of mayor of Saxonville and Jacksonville. Then he came here. He had a pretty stellar career in Baltimore as well. So, Matt Abike, I, I think you're going to see him stay here as a Raven. And I think that that franchise tag is going to be used if they can't get a long-term deal done. But we, we still have time right now. So, let's wait and see what happens. Let it marinate a little bit. Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt that Matt Abike, I mean, he almost has to be in Baltimore next season. I think that the fan base would just go crazy. The team would lose such a huge piece. And at this point, Rocco, I feel like interior pressure is so hard to find and consistent interior pressure is even harder to find. And, and the Ravens got that in Matabike. Now the other candidate would be Patrick Queen, although I think people are preparing for his exit in Baltimore as opposed to trying to figure out ways to keep him. Now, look, it'd be awesome if he was to maybe take a team-friendly deal and stick around in Baltimore, but I think the reality of the situation is, look, these guys want to get paid. I don't blame them for wanting to get paid, right? This is these for Metabike, Queen, Geno Stone, their first opportunity at a real NFL payday. They're not giving out any hometown discounts here, and, and I think as we heard Geno Stone say on NFL Network, business is business, right? They love Baltimore, but business is business. So to me, I think the big question is, well, what happens with, with Patrick Queen? What what do you do there? I think the pretty easy answer is you probably won't be back in Baltimore. And they prepared for this because they did draft Trenton Simpson in the third round last year. That they did. And a guy that would absolutely hate to see Patrick Queen go, that's that's his locker mate. The guy he plays side by side with, that's Roquan Smith. And he, he posted a picture on his Instagram. If we're doing this on, you know, this is dropping on a, on a Friday two nights ago. And I think you posted it, which, I mean, it was basically like we run through people, ask questions later, something along those lines. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. So like those two guys, they're a great one to punch, but the Ravens did prepare for this when they declined Queens fifth year option. The writing was kind of on the wall. Okay. We're probably going to move on from Patrick queen. And that's why they drafted Trenton Simpson. And it was a surprise on draft day when they did draft Trenton Simpson. So it is what it is with Patrick Queen. He's a great player. He's going to get paid by somebody. I don't see Patrick Queen taking a hometown discount. I really, truly don't. He's a great fit here, but he can go and play and dominate somewhere else as well. And I think that's what Patrick Queen is destined to do. He plays like a Raven. He embodies everything it is to be a Raven. So it really is going to suck to see him go for this fan base. But if you have a chance to get paid, the goal in any career is to maximize what you can do, maximize um, your, your profit basically, and get paid the max amount of money you can. Some people may say, oh, well, Patrick Queen, it's unfinished business. Like we would love to have him back here. Why wouldn't he take a, a hometown discount? It's like, ask yourself that in your field of work. If you have a chance to go get paid um, millions of dollars more, not a million, millions of dollars more, you're, you're probably going to take that job and, and go elsewhere. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, I, it's 100% a valid point there. And we can talk about that with Geno Stone and a couple other guys in the free agent pool for Baltimore as well. But it's also one heck of a time for the Ravens to have this free agent class, Racco, because it really felt like everything was coming together for them. And they've already lost a bunch of coaches. They're slated to lose a lot of free agents as well. Now, they're not going to lose everybody. Again, they're going to be able to bring some of these guys back. But every team is different. And what the Ravens have to work with right now cap-wise 
is right around three to $7 million in cap space. Now, obviously there are going to be restructures. There are going to be, maybe there's an extension that's able to free up some space here. There are avenues for Baltimore to clear up some space, but I think when you're talking about what could happen and how they could get that money, the cut candidates are where I look to first. And I think Tyus Bowes is a pretty obvious one. I think his year was shrouded in mystery. Not a lot of people know what happened with uh, with his injury and, and how that was handled, whether by him or the Ravens, what we just don't know. And then other guys, I, I look to Morgan Moses. I look to Patrick Ricard, but obviously the big name is Ronnie Stanley because the Ravens, if they release him post June one would save $15 million, but he still, although he did struggle last season, I'm not saying he didn't, you still have to find a replacement if you do let him go. And is that replacement going to be better than Ronnie Stanley? So who do you see as maybe potential cap casualties for the team as they get to free agency and still have to free up some money? I, I definitely see Bowser as one. I mean, it's going to play a single game this season and it's tough. It's unfortunate because Tyus Bowser is so likable. And this, this has nothing to do with his character and what he does off the field because it is really cool seeing him throw to kids to fans and he's still staying active even when he's not playing with the Ravens but the fact of the matter is he didn't play a single game this season and that's a guy that you would rely on and you hoped was healthy because of what he could provide in the pass rush and he kind of you know able the, the ability to do his thing out there but injuries have been brutal for him. Um, I don't I don't see the Ravens moving on from Ronnie Stanley necessarily. I, I could see them restructuring his contract and keeping him here in Baltimore, but I, I just don't see it happening. Um, Bowser is one I definitely see. And um, I, I mean, we're going to see some other guys as well down the line. But right now, that, that remains to be seen who it will be. We're, we're just really talking about hypotheticals right now, Kevin. What if? What if this happens? What if that happens? So... Um, we'll, we'll learn more as time goes on. I know we, you know, we, we got to pass the time until free agency starts. And so all, all we, all we can do is speculate on these, on the, on these free agent potential yeah. moves, who stays, who goes. So coming up in the second part of the show, we'll be talking a little bit about who could stay and who could go from this very talented and very deep Ravens free agent class. Stay tuned. A lot to get to unlocked on Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by Nissan. You're the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further. Ever wonder what adventure could be like around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capability to take your adventure to the next level. 2024 Nissan Rogue. It's perfect for city drives and great escapes. It has class exclusive Google built-in. As you're always updating assistant to call them for almost anything, go on to the days of connecting to your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. And the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is also included in Nissan's incredible lineup that has room for up to eight and expansive cargo capacity and advanced available 4x4 capability, which runs ready for horsepower up to 6,000 pounds telling when Adventure Calls to Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, Nissan Armada, and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. We're back here. Our second seven of the Lockdown Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with Rocco DeSangro and Rocco. This free agent class, again, we talked about it in the first segment, just uber, uber talented. Offensively, defensively, both sides of the ball, there is a lot of talent. Even special teams-wise, you want to talk about Devin Duvernay and kind of what he's done as a returner. He's also a free agent. So all three sides of the ball. We talked about just Matabika. We talked about Patrick Queen. We briefly mentioned Geno Stone. 
But there was one surprise earlier in the week, and that was Kevin Zeitler. There was a contract extension deadline so that void money would not go on the cap for teams in 2024. Now, the Ravens got a deal done with Nelson Aguilar the day before, so he's back with the team and his dead money was voided. But Kevin Zeitler had the highest remaining dead money cap, hit it right around $4.3, $4.4 million. And the Ravens had not come to an agreement with him, despite some, he's, he was pretty vocal about how he'd like to continue things in Baltimore and finish things. But the Ravens and, and Zeitler are not able to agree. I think while that doesn't mean he's out and he's done, this wasn't like he was released or anything. It, it does decrease the likelihood that he is back with the Ravens. Zeitler has been a beacon of consistency. He earned that Pro Bowl replacement nod he got. Should have made it the first time, but you know he got him for the first time in his career as a replacement, so still congratulations to him. But to me, I think he can still provide high-quality play, but maybe, Rocco, do you think this is a situation where the Ravens have age concerns or is it injury concerns, or do you maybe just think they want to get younger if they decide to not bring him back? I... I think it might be a matter of just the money right now. And that's why the two sides couldn't come to an agreement. I don't think that the Ravens want to move on from Kevin Zeitler. And I don't think Kevin Zeitler wants to move on from Baltimore right now. I mean, this is quote for quote what he said in the, you know, I think it was the day or two following the AFC championship game loss. Uh, he just said, I'm ready to roll. Obviously, I want to be back as a Baltimore Raven. There's no doubt about that. I've loved my time here. I love the people here, love my teammates here, and I want to keep playing with them. Hopefully that business side of football, business side, like we talked about, can be figured out nice and quick. We can get that taken care of. But whatever happens, I am ready to roll. And the reality of the NFL, it is a business. So he's an offensive lineman. Offensive linemen make, make big bucks. You see these big, massive deals. And maybe Kevin Zeitler's looking for one of them, being a Pro Bowl replacement, um, being, being one of the really quietly – one of the best players on the Ravens, especially on the offensive line. I mean, he's really done a good job anchoring it down. So um, I'm thinking maybe it's a matter of money. Hopefully it's nickels and dimes and not millions and millions. They're, they're off, you know, they're not too far off from reaching an agreement eventually. Um, but I really do see Kevin Zeitler back as a Baltimore Raven. But if he's not, the Ravens did draft a few guys last year that could maybe potentially fill in at the guard position a lot of people forget about an, an Andrew Voorhees type of guy as a guard, whether it's a Zeitler position or John Simpson, which side um, that's going to be for Voorhees. But they took him in the, the sixth or seventh round. This is a guy that was injured. And, I mean, he was a stash guy. Like, okay, we're going to draft him. We're going to hope that he pans out, recovers well, and he's good to go next season. So I'll be really interested to see what a guy like that uh, can do in camp. Can he break camp? And – can he make his mark on the Ravens if a guy like Kevin Zeitler um, or a guy like John Simpson doesn't come back? I think another guy, too, is Ben Cleveland. They have a, a chest of guys over there. But Voorhees is somebody that, yeah, he was projected to be a third or fourth round pick before his injury. And you're exactly right, where they saw that potential. They traded back into the draft to get him. They gave up a six-round pick. I think mm -hmm. it was to Cleveland to get a seventh so it was a six-round pick in this upcoming draft for a seventh-round pick last year, and they took four. He's with that pick, and you're getting essentially a, a late day two, early day three prospect when healthy in the seventh round. So I mean, it, it, that that was a brilliant chess move by Eric DaCosta, one thousand percent. Now, a controversial move by Eric DaCosta last offseason, Rocco was Odell Beckham Jr. 
that was a that was a guy that I think in terms of bringing him in for Lamar Jackson, awesome. You know, Lamar had said, "Bring me Odell, bring me DeAndre Hopkins," yeah. and look, Eric Castle not there. He he got his quarterback, someone from his wish list. But it was the money that had a lot of people up in arms because it was an $18 million deal with 15 of that guaranteed. Yep. And I don't think a lot of people expected him to get nearly close to that. But I think that at that point, it was kind of what had to happen. But he provided value in so many other ways. Did, did he have $15 million worth of production last year? No, I, I think we everybody can say that. But from a veteran leadership perspective – from his 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 impact on the organization. And look, I understand that you know production matters. It, it does, especially yeah. when you're paying a guy that much money. But some places like Spiltrack have him at around twelve million dollars in terms of what he could earn on the open market this offseason. I personally think that it's going to be a little lower than that. Would you bring back Odell knowing that Nelson Aguilar is already signed and your receiver room right now looks like Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman? Nelson Aguilar and Tylen Wallace for the right price. I would because of his leadership ability. People gravitated towards him. Young guys, even older guys, like guys on both sides of the ball. They, they wanted to be around Odell Beckham jr. And he was a key piece in the Ravens locker room. And he really embraced Baltimore as his own. He's not from here. And he comes in, he hits the park height strut. He's engaging with the fans. And I know we're talking about the football side of things, but some of that right there, that, that's invaluable. You want that in a player that you bring in, especially a veteran with the profile that Odell Beckham Jr. has. He's a high-profile guy. People know him worldwide. I mean, he's OBJ, and it's not just because of the catch. It's because of who he is as a person as well. So it would be nice for the Ravens to bring him back, but for the right price, Kevin, that's what I'm saying. They don't need to go out and overspend. If Odell Beckham Jr. is not willing to budge a little bit and maybe not take a discount, then you're going to have to move on and maybe look to draft a receiver um, in the early rounds and try to bring someone someone that you truly feel like can help your team in. And I, and I know that's like, all right, you look at the receiver room, Nelson Aguilar side, it is young, and that's what you're looking at. But if you can't get Odell Beckham, maybe see what they do in free agency. Maybe they, they end up trading for someone. Um, but – I'm not sold on bringing him back if it's not the right price, but I, I would like to see Odell Beckham Jr. back here in Baltimore. If I'm a fan, if he can contribute, maybe take a discount and help the team going forward like that. Yeah. You, you can't bring him back at what the price was or honestly close to what the price was last year. It would have to be a team friendly deal because I think there, there are other receivers out there that could also help the Ravens in a veteran role. And I think that you can probably get, them for maybe if Odell's asking for that. And I'm not saying he is, but if that's the price for Odell, I think you can bring in somebody maybe even on a longer term contract that is 12 million per season. You know, you backload that deal a little bit, helps out a little bit with this 2024 cap. I think they're going to have to do that eventually. So we'll see what happens there. But speaking of offense, continuing with offense, I guess I've been talking about that for, for this entire segment. Running back, Rocco, is, is a big position. There's going to be some change in that room. You have a bunch of free agents with Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins and Dalvin Cook and Keith Mitchell towards ACL, so he probably won't be back for at least the start of the 2024 season. Your only healthy running back right now is Justice Hill, but I think there is a possibility that they bring back maybe one of those three free agents. I think maybe even two of them. I think that's a little less likely you have Gus Edwards, who's been a beacon of consistency for them over the course of his career, but his yards per carry average did drop by a full yard or 
12.9 yards this season. So I think the production slowed down a little bit, despite he had more than double his career high in touchdowns. It was still good for him. Mm -hmm. J.K. Dobbins obviously had a phenomenal rookie season, but the story for him has been injuries, suffered the torn Achilles in week one, and just feel like maybe a fresh start is what's best for both him and the Ravens at this point. And then Dalvin Cook, they bring in, and you know everybody was super excited about what his role in the playoffs could be, and he really just didn't get run outside of garbage time in the Houston game. So do you feel like any of those three guys will be back, or do you think the Ravens might just try to reset and bring in somebody else and – maybe whether it's free agency or the draft. I don't think they're going to completely reset. I think one of those three guys, I think it's more likely we see um, Gus Edwards or even Dalvin Cook back. But I, I think Gus might be the way to go if they can, if someone's not throwing big money at him elsewhere, trying to, to bring him in either um, as a starter or as a, you know, other running back role, like you, you just don't know how a guy's career is going to pan out and where he's going to go. But run, running the ball, um, AFC championship game aside, has been the Ravens' bread and butter over the years. And Gus Edwards has played a key role in that. Um, 13 touchdowns, being able to do that, that speaks for itself. You talked about the yards per carry down. Um, yeah, that's that's something you look at and you're like, okay, like what happened here? But he was able to find the end zone in key situations. Whoever the Ravens bring in, I'm just saying they, they got to use these guys in key situations. Stick with what got you there. Your bread and butter is running the ball. Continue to do that. And whoever you end up bringing back or end up going out and getting, um, you make sure they're getting the right amount of carries per game if you want to win football games. Yep, that's right. Got got to lean into your identity. Still, you know, we're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> it's not, I just it's, it's hard to because of how good they were in 2023 but coming up we will talk about maybe who the ravens could add we'll talk about the running back position and a lot more we got a lot to get to here on the show don't go anywhere first this show is sponsored by better help and this next segment is brought to us by our sponsor better help sometimes you don't need the opportunity to get something off our chest big or small certain things can really start to get to you it's important to let that out especially to someone who's unbiased on your life so today i want to say how i really feel about something you might even be thinking about the same thing this week. And I've said it before. I think for the Ravens, just Matabike has to be a priority. They have to keep him in the building. They cannot let him walk out and leave Baltimore. It's just, it's something where he is too valuable from a pass rushing perspective and everything that he's done for the Ravens. I mean, he broke out at the right time and Baltimore now has to saddle up some money. And if they don't, he's going to go elsewhere and produce. So the Ravens have to keep him around. They're becoming different for everybody. Most of us have bigger problems on our favorite sports teams. It is important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's another online designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. We're back here on Locked On Ravens with Rocker DeSangro. I am Kevin Ostrecker. Thanks so much again for tuning in today and making us here your first listen each and every day on the show. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can follow along in audio form as well as the same show either way, so you're not missing out on any content. Rocco, we ended the second segment with running backs. Let's pick it up here in, in the first part of this third one because I think, you know, you, you, you're living under a rock if you haven't heard about Derrick Henry, the Baltimore rumors. I'm, I'm sure you have, and you've talked about it. But at this point, there was just so much smoke at the trade deadline, and it felt like it was inevitable and it was going to happen, and then I guess it fell apart at the last second. But now he's a free agent. 
and I don't think he's coming back to Tennessee. I think he has a goal here to win a Super Bowl. And th- this is actually a decently deep running back class for agent-wise this year. Derrick Henry and guys like Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, and the guys we've talked about for the Ravens. But you talk about Jacobs and Barkley, those guys are looking for their first NFL payday, right? It's the second contracts we were talking about. Derrick Henry, I think his priorities are a little different at this point, right? I think he the, the championship is what's on his mind. Not that he's going to take a one-year, $2 million deal or anything, but it could be a little less than what those other guys are looking at. But for the Ravens, the big question is, can they even afford to spend? I think Spotrack has it at like two years, $20 million, 13 guaranteed there. Can you afford to pay $10 million to a running back and, you know, guaranteed-wise it'd be six and a half when you have all these guys to resign, when you have other needs and when you could probably bring back Gus Edwards for two or three million dollars or a Dalvin cook for one and a half or something like that. Do you think Baltimore should go out and spend on a veteran running back? Or do you think that maybe they should use a high to mid round pick on a guy in the draft? I, I, I keep going back and forth on this, Kevin, because yeah, you're right. You could bring back Gus Edwards for cheaper than what Derrick Henry is going to be asking for. But then you look at just Derrick Henry and this massive human being that would fans can already see him wearing like the all black unis wearing the all purple unis. Um, they're, they're like the photoshops are out there with Derrick Henry. And this guy is just a freak athlete and he runs the ball with a purpose that I don't know if you've, you've probably seen the video before of him stiff arming the helmet off of the uh, it's that, drill that they use where they have the stick and the helmet attached and just destroying that thing. And uh, he's destroyed some players with that stiff arm over the years. So seeing Derrick Henry on the Ravens in the backfield with Lamar Jackson, I mean, if that's not thunder and lightning, I don't don't know what is. That would be an unbelievable one-two punch. And I really think that would put the league on notice, but yeah, man, you're, you're asking the right questions. It's, do you want to spend that money on a running back when you have all these positions um, on the defensive side of the ball and offensively that you still need to address? And I, I really truly don't know if this is the answer. Would I hate the move? Absolutely not. Would fans hate the move? I'm not sure, but you see the reaction and a lot of them, they seem to really like the thought of Derrick Henry here in Baltimore, um, a high profile running back bringing him here to the Ravens and who's still got, you know, some gas left in the tank. I think he's got plenty of gas left in the tank right now. So I don't know what's going to happen, Kevin. I really don't. Uh, but, but right now I'm thinking, okay, if they're going to do it, do it. And Eric DaCosta will have a plan in place. If they do bring Derrick Henry in, they decide to bring him here to Baltimore to address those other needs. I don't, I don't think Eric DaCosta is going to make that move if he cannot address the other positions that the Ravens need. Uh, I mean, the the guy's been great with the moves he's made uh, over the years. Right. I think it's priorities and running back right now for the Ravens in terms of where they need to spend, who they need to resign. It's, it's not up there. I'm not saying it's not a priority at all, but there there's a tier list of what these priorities are. And you look at, I can't remember what the graphic is exactly. I don't know if you've seen it Rocco, but it's, uh, it's like the past 10 or 15 years of, of running backs who have been on Super Bowl champions. And it's all been guys, so I think their cap hits have been less than $5 million or something along those lines. I mean, the last two Super Bowls, it's been Isaiah Pacheco, 
who's been about like $700,000 each is a seventh round pick for the Chiefs. So in terms of paying running back, the position is just so devalued right now, which I mean, helps, you know, in terms of oh teams can get a guy who's super talented for cheap. But I think we've kind of blown that out of proportion a little bit to say, well, running backs just aren't valuable once you hit like 30 and Derrick Henry is in that, in that 30 range. So I don't, mm-hmm. I, I think he has a lot in the tank too. Definitely has a lot of carries over 2000 mm-hmm. carries in eight seasons, but uh, he stayed healthy relatively considering throughout it all. And I mean, he's had like 379 carries, I think is his career high a couple of years ago. Hopefully the Ravens will give him the ball more than six times. Yeah. In the yeah. End. I mean, you, you talked about, listen, you talked about the cap and the running backs in Pacheco this year, the Raven, like I hate to play the almost game and what if, but, that could have been the Ravens with with Gus had with a, a backfield of Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and Dalvin Cook. So yeah. It, it's yeah. it's possible to get there with those guys too if you run the ball. It is. It, it's you got still got to lean into the identity. Still can't believe something like that happened. But at this point, it's not only for agency that can get the job done. And I think especially with Lamar Jackson and the contract he has, it's just a different way the Ravens have to construct their roster. And part of that, and look, Eric Acosta, all the credit in the world to him, did a great job of this last offseason, is hitting on your veteran minimum signings, or at least those who are close to it, and also hitting on your draft picks. And at least finding time for those guys to get in. Now, we know that Zay Flowers was able to be a great contributor on the field for him this past season. He also got contributions from Tavius Robinson, who I thought, you know, was going to be more of a project player, but he stepped up and played some snaps for him this year. But I think at this point, you got to be able to get guys who can either, you know, is going to develop in the next couple of seasons, or they can give you immediate production because you're not going to be able to sign, you know, 15 different free agents because of just how the team is, is structured contractually right now. So the Ravens have the 30th pick. It's not necessarily a pretty pick to have. You wish you had 32, but you have 30. It's still late in the draft. Now, there are plenty of trade-down opportunities for the Ravens from that spot. You can pick up an extra second. You can pick up an extra third. You can even trade up if you wanted to if there's a guy that you really, really like and is having a uh, a Kyle Hamilton-esque fall, I'll say. Still don't know how he fell to 14. Uh, you could stay put and take a guy there as well. The Ravens do have their second-round pick this year, so there, there are ways they can maneuver that as well. But for the Ravens, Rocco, do you think Baltimore should trade back and try to accumulate as much draft capital as possible, knowing that they're going to have to hit on these guys? And Eric DaCosta has said before, his philosophy is to get as many swings as he can up there. You're going to hit on some of them. I think this could be a good year to kind of employ that philosophy and trade back once or twice. It depends on who is there and who they feel like they can get, Gavin. It's like, where, where, where did they get Lamar again? <laughs> That's right, yeah. 32. Where, where did they get Tyler Linderbaum, 25? It's like they've done well with their, you know, I know there's some misses in there, but you look at the late round picks and I mean, the drafts as of recent for Eric DaCosta and he's, he's done a really good job with what he's had. And I know he hated to lose that, uh, that second round pick with Roquan Smith, but it worked, it worked out. It worked out. And he's, he's a guy that wants to hold on to as many picks as possible. Um, He's like, you know, your, your friends in fantasy football that, that want to just accumulate all these players and picks and trades. If you could do that in some of your leagues and like that is Eric DaCosta. He wants, he wants to get as much as he can. And like you said, as many swings as possible when it comes to the draft, but it really all depends on who's there. Um, the combine is going to be interesting. It's, it's going to be an interesting off season with all of that and who these mock drafts have going where, because that can be telling at times. They're not always 100% accurate, but 
looking at the guys they need, looking at who they truly feel like, okay, like we can get this guy at 30. Fine. You can wait a little bit. Kyle Hamilton, who I believe was the steal of the draft. I know, no, they got him at 14, but for a guy to drop there and fall into the Ravens lap, that was big to get Linderbaum at 25 in the same draft. That was big. So it will be interesting to see what Eric DaCosta does, his philosophy with that. And if they do trade back, but I think the Ravens are going to stay put at 30. I think they're going to try to um, get someone who could really come in and help this team year one. And we're going to see that when Eric DaCosta, you know, puts that card in and uh, makes that pick. And I think it's also another question in terms of if they do stay, what position that pick's going to be like, where, mm-hmm. where are they going to go with it? Because I think there are a lot of different ways they could go, whether it's offensive lineman or cornerback or wide receiver. I mean, there are plenty of different people want to see plenty of different things, right? I think everybody yeah. has a different idea of what this draft should look like for them. So in your eyes, Rocco, wh- where do you go? If you're at Acosta with that first pick, I think you go corner this year. I think that was one of the positions last year that there were so many questions about. And there was a lot of, okay, like Maryland's Deontay Banks, a Baltimore guy could have been a great fit here in Baltimore. Uh, there were other guys out there as well. Corner was one of the positions the Ravens need. And now you look at all the guys that are free agents this year, and it's like, okay, like depending on what happens with all that, but still I think the Ravens need a good young corner. Um, and, it, and it would definitely benefit them to get one in the early rounds to come in here and to be able to – Um, just match up with guys, match up with top receivers on the offensive side of the ball and come in here and, you know, show their physical because the Ravens love those physical corners, the guys that can just give other wide receivers nightmares. So I truly believe, Kevin, that we could definitely see that the Ravens going corner in the first round. Now there's other positions, obviously they could go. Um, Do they go receiver? Do they go O-line? Do they go something else? Uh, But, but I, really think it's going to be corner at the end of the day, but we'll see. Yeah. And corner is huge too, because I've kind of said this, but if I'm the Ravens, I'm trying to sign Brandon Stevens to an extension like yesterday, yeah. like I'm trying <laughs> to get, get him to a team friendly contract. Cause the Ravens have done it before with their own studs and their own guys. But after this year, Rocco, you, you don't really have, even this year, you don't really have a lot of stability in that corner room. I mean, really only Marlon and Brandon Stevens are there for you this next year because Ronald Darby's a free agent. Arthur Millett's a free agent. I mean, you still have guys like Jalen Lerma Davis and Pepe Williams, but they haven't really proved anything to this point. So you just need guys in there. And if you can get one of these stud corners on a four-year rookie deal plus the fifth-year option, I I think that'd be big for them. So a lot, a lot of questions for this Ravens team. Rocco, I appreciate you hopping on and and answering them with me. Tell people where they can find you and what you're working on, because I know – in Baltimore, Ravens season might be over, but I know Orioles season is coming up in full swing. First of all, we'll see how many of my takes with this, this you know, a bunch of these <laughs> hypotheticals actually pan out and how many of them are absolutely the worst takes of all time. So I embrace that. I embrace, if, if I'm wrong, if I'm, you know, it was just the dumbest take in the world, tell me, let me know. Uh, on X or Twitter, whatever we call it now, I'm at Rocco DeSangro. Um, Instagram at our DeSangro. I'm just active on there, really just posting as much content as I possibly can. And then uh, we do the Ryan Ripken show together. It's a lot of fun. You can catch me on Fox 45 sports unlimited. Uh, we're, we are going down to spring training next week, uh, February 27th to the 29th. So we're going to be trying to churn as much content as humanly possible. 
uh, down there in Sarasota. I'm excited for that. Hopefully some warm weather and it doesn't rain at all. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of, of the warm weather down there. All of the links to Rocco's work in the description below. Rocco, really appreciate your time. Yeah. That's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back here a little later in the day with our bonus episode. And then obviously we'll be back on Monday with regularly scheduled programming. So be sure to stay tuned, subscribe, follow along, audio form, video form. I'll see you right back here soon on Locked on Ravens.